Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie Silverman, your host, and I do like to just say, if, if this is your first listen to the podcast, welcome in. Please do subscribe. In fact, what you could do is just go for it and just stop the podcast right now. Go, yeah, she sounds nice. Rate and review it. No, I'm joking. Listen to the podcast, and then I'd love it if you could rate and review it because it does help this podcast keep getting some traction in the various podcast charts. So whatever app you're listening to it on, if you're listening to it via the fertilitypodcast.com website, do subscribe, and then you can keep up to date with everything that's going on, of which there is a lot. I have now got another radio show going out on UKHealthRadio.com. So if you want more to listen to, I'm hosting that with a lady called Kate Davis, who you'll have heard me chat with before. And it's a similar vibe to the podcast, but it's just the two of us chatting. And Kate is a fertility nurse, so she brings in her expertise. And each week we're going to be answering some of your questions. So feel free to get in touch either via the usual channels. I'm at Fertility Poddy on my socials. Or you can drop me an email, I'll give it to you at the end, because I'm fielding all the questions that I get to Kate, because like I say, she is a fertility nurse and just an all-round amazing lady. Also, I'm working on something to share with you that I want you to become a part of. I'm trying to get loads of different things in one place to make it really easy for you. Kind of what I've been doing with the podcast, but a little bit different. So again, Keep an eye on my socials at Fertility Poddy. I don't mean to be cryptic, but I am going to be announcing something very soon that I'd love you to be a part of, that I hope will ultimately help you get a bit further along with where you are, especially if you're feeling a bit stuck or if you're just feeling a bit low or if you just want something else to think about, then those boxes could all be ticked. Now this episode coming up is another one in my Meet the Makers series where I speak to people who have used their struggles with infertility to create something rather lovely. Maybe it's a business, um, maybe it's a, a new startup and today we're going to be hearing from the lovely Caroline Stafford, who is the founder of The Kitchen, making delicious kind of stamped biscuits that you've probably seen on Instagram. Caroline and I have met and we were sharing some similarities in our not knowing what to do with our frozen embryos. You'll hear Caroline talk more about where she's at and how she feels in a moment. But I'm just going to share one thing with you quickly now. Um, Gosh, even just starting to say about it, it's made me go a bit funny. Um, so you'll know that I've shared in the past our decision about what to do with our frozen embryos. We've got our lovely little boy, Phoenix, and we're still in a place where life has been such that we've not yet bought a house and it's a big focus of what we're trying to do. And my husband and I have talked really openly about how the reality is that really that's where our focus is. And so this week I have just posted off the letter to say that we're going to be donating donating our embryos to science. Wow. Now um, you might have heard me at New Year's Eve in that episode I shared getting really teary about this and it's still something that is hard to get my head around that that's what we've decided to do. And I've worked with a counsellor and it is a grieving pro- process. It's a it's a bereavement, ultimately, of the family that I thought we were going to have. And it's something that I'm processing. And I know that this is the right thing for my family. Still hard. And I suppose 
One of the things that I want to share with you is that working through this hard stuff is again okay. You know, it can't be rosy all the time. And we can work through this stuff. It takes time and we can allow it to come up and catch us off guard and talk about it openly on a podcast. But it, it, it will be okay in that if you enable yourself to reframe what life could be and look at it differently, then that enables you to move forward. And that's something that I've been really focusing on in that by allowing myself to focus on my family as it is with our son Phoenix, it's helped me to think about what I'm able to do with the work that I want to do with this podcast and the impact that I want to have on helping people understand that trying to conceive doesn't mean you have to do it on, a, on your own, that this is a community and a resource that can help you. I have been completing and working on my training as a fertility coach. I'm doing more and more kind of talks about how infertility affects us to just be another part of the mix to help people like you feel less alone on this mission to um to start or complete your family that's where I am right now a little bit more um personal than I intended on this podcast intro but I want you to know what's going on with me where I am because I'm not always able to talk on social media um about where I am because I find it really hard but um I can talk about it here with you so um forgive the tears like I say it's still something I mean I I posted the letter back to my clinic a week after having it in my car Uh, my husband had signed it I'd signed it that whole process of us both signing it didn't go how I'd hoped I thought it might be something a bit more united it wasn't it was a bit stressed between us and that made me sad the whole process of making this decision has been really difficult on our relationship So if you are at a place where you need to make a decision with your frozen embryos and you'd like to talk about it, it's something that I'm going to be doing more work on. I'm also interested to see if I can follow the process of what happens to our embryos that have been donated to science. Not sure if I can, but I've told my clinic that it's something I'm interested in. I think that there needs to be more attention to that decision that you have to make if you've been through treatment, successful or failed, and whether you want to let go of those embryos. So um, any feedback would be much, much appreciated. And I'll give you my email at the end of this episode. For now, though, um, I just want you to hear a little note from my sponsor before we, we have Caroline and my chat. And I really hope you enjoy it. And like I say, all the details will be on the show notes at the end of this episode. This podcast is sponsored by International Andrology, who specialise in diagnosing and treating male infertility. Around 50% of infertility issues are male factor, and all too often, men aren't even evaluated at the start of a fertility journey, which might result in unnecessary treatments, costs, and disappointment. International Andrology is one of the few specialist clinics in the UK, offering a holistic approach to increase your chances to conceive naturally or via the IVF route. As well as treating the underlying causes of male infertility, their doctors have some of the highest success rates in microsurgical sperm retrieval. So, if you're looking for a true specialist to assist you on your fertility journey, visit london-andrology.co.uk today and do mention the Fertility Podcast. Right, we're now going to have some edible inspiration because I'm very delighted to welcome Caroline Stafford, who is the founder of The Kitchen. 
She makes gorgeous biscuits. You probably follow her on Instagram. You may well have eaten her biscuits. Caroline, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me. We've chatted a little bit on Insta and in the real world. Um, and I, first of all, just want to say how gorgeous your biscuits are and that I think there's so much to be said about a biscuit with a message that you, you're doing wonders here and it is exactly edible inspiration. So I hope you're very proud of what you've made and what you continue to make. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's something that's a real kind of, it's a sort of a passion mission for me and it came from such a part of our own journey that it's nice for me to kind of see it growing and be able to be seeing it helping other people as well. So it's been a bit of a journey. It's been a really exciting one, so it's good. This is your full-time job now, isn't it, making biscuits? It is, yeah. I gave up my... I started doing it alongside another job and then I gave up that job when I just had too many biscuits to make, couldn't fit it all in. About a year or so ago now, I think, I moved full-time to it. So, yeah, this is what I do. Bake, bake, bake. <laughs> Well, it's kind of a joyful thing to do because you know that you're providing pleasure for other people. Yes, exactly. And that's always been my thing. When I've had jobs in the past, I've always sort of just missed that last component of feeling like I'm doing something that's somehow making a difference. And it was finding a way to kind of combine my creativity with doing something that felt like it had a meaning and it had a purpose. And the beauty for me in this is that it's so personal to me as well. Um, and it's just really, really great for me to sort of feel like I'm able to, sometimes I sort of feel like I'm just kind of a vehicle, really. I'm just enabling people to have a means of reaching out to people they love and let them know they're thinking about them. And I just don't know if there's a better way to do it than with a biscuit, something edible. Well, exactly. And we'll, we'll share pictures um, in the show notes and links to Caroline. But what we're talking about is kind of unique hand-stamped biscuits. And there's lovely messages that I know, Caroline, you come up with but also people can make them they can have bespoke messages put on them don't they yeah so I have a range of biscuits online which is evolving and changing all the time and um, for all different kind of situations most of them have uh, an element of personalization anyway but um, people can also just order a completely sort of bespoke box and choose all their own messages which is more and more popular actually so I've had stamped all sorts of messages on biscuits in the past but it's nice that people can completely personalize them and make them their own can you tell me the most bizarre message you've put on a biscuit? There's been some rude? really rude ones, yeah, which I couldn't possibly repeat. But usually <laughs> with those, people send me an email and they say, I'd really like to order, but I, I, it's really rude. Can I just check that it's going to be okay? If it's not, it's really fine. They always make me laugh, so I always send a funny email back going, no, they just won't go up on my Instagram. And I also, I've had a few hen party requests with some interesting shaped biscuits, which don't make it onto my Instagram feed either. <laughs> <laughs> but they're always really fun to make I love them so I wanted to talk to um, Caroline as part of my Meet the Makers series where what I want to do is share the stories of people who have found themselves in a difficult place with their fertility and they've gone on their journey and as a result something positive has come out which we've just been hearing from Caroline is the biscuits that she's making because we're talking about a seven year journey and I do I do kind of feel bad using that word but it is the best way to describe it because it's constantly changing and evolving isn't it so do you want to tell me um where you're at with a, a kind of overview of, of what's gone on in the last seven years yeah I'll try and keep it kind of um sort of keep it relatively brief there's been quite a lot that's gone on because it's been such a period of time but basically we um started trying for a family about seven years ago and it's funny because I just 
a few people have said it to me and I, I never really understood it, but I had a feeling that things weren't going to be straightforward. I had nothing to base that on, um, but I just had this feeling things weren't going to be straightforward. And a year or so down the line, we they, they weren't, nothing had happened and we um, went to the doctors. Why did you think that? Had you had difficult periods? No, not at all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing to make me think that at all. It's really, really strange and I can't even explain it, but I just, I just had a feeling that it wasn't going to be as easy as it could be. And I, I really can't, I can't explain it in any other way. It's really strange. But I remember talking to a friend um, when I'd sort of first, not long after I'd met my husband, when I kind of knew that, you know, that he was, he was the one. And then I just, I, I remember talking to her and just saying, I've just got this funny feeling that our route to kind of, if we do want to have a family, it's not going to be as easy as it might be, which is, really strange but I just that's just how I felt and so we went to the doctors went down all the usual channels had a round of IVF with the NHS which was unsuccessful it was a bit of a disaster round I got OHSS and it should have been cancelled but it wasn't um so we ended up with one embryo out of 28 which wasn't a very good one and it, and it didn't work since then we've had subsequent treatments over in Athens in Greece after hearing about a clinic called Serum there and speaking with the consultant there, Penny, who just we just connected with, really just felt like it was going to give us the best chance. So we have been pregnant. We got pregnant on our, um, not the last round, the round before. Um, we had a scan, everything was fine. And then we had another scan. Um, I felt like I needed to go back for one at nine weeks. And we learned that the baby's heart didn't have a heartbeat, his heart stopped, the heart stopped beating. So um, and then I had a really traumatic period of ending that pregnancy because we waited three weeks for something to happen naturally, which it didn't. And then I tried uh, medical management, which also didn't work. And that involved pessaries and tablets and things. And then eventually I had to go back in and have, have an operation. So we had another round straight after that, which didn't work. And now we are in a situation where we've got two embryos left in um, two frozen embryos in Athens and it's the case of figuring out quite when is the right time to um, to go back over there and and um, and transfer those two. Because I know that when we first started talking, one of the things that you'd said was about it's that self protection when you've been through what you've been through and you've been through a heck of a lot already. You've got these embryos frozen, and it's that not wanting to do anything to almost just stay in the now knowing it's an option and not having to deal with it isn't it it's, it's hard to get to that that place of do you find feeling ready yeah absolutely I mean it's it's been 18 months I think 18 months if not a bit longer coming up to two years I think since our last round and it's 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 a really strange kind of limbo land that's awful but at the same time I kind of like it because it means there's still hope. You know, I'm conscious that we've decided we definitely won't have more treatment after this last transfer. And so for me, as much as I I really want to everything, I want it to sort of be resolved. I need to know one way or the other. I also don't want to because while they're there, they might be my babies. But if we have them transferred and it doesn't work, then I'm terrified of where that will leave me, you know, the decisions I'll have to make, how I'll feel, what the next step will be. And I just, because I don't know any of those answers, I kind of feel I'm in an almost sort of a safe space at the moment because I know where I am and I'm scared, I suppose, of where I, where I might be. And, it, and it's crazy because 
Limbo Land's awful. I mean, we all know what it's like when you, you know, when you've been waiting and sort of living between treatments and, and waiting to see what will happen. It's a horrible place. So why I'm hanging on to being here, I have no idea. <laughs> but I think a part of it is you know what's happened. It's not like you're going to this unknown. So you know how that felt and you know that that was so hard. And like we were just saying before, this self-protection at the moment, you're okay. Yes, Limbo Land isn't ideal, but yes you've got to make these decisions and I completely get you on the decision with the embryos which is how we started talking because it's something that I was talking about in a different in a different sense but with the treatment that you've had already and and the loss I know you summed it up just then because we wanted to cover the seven years but did you give yourself much time in between I think compared to a lot of people we did because we um I can't think of dates now but I think it was the actual IVFs have taken place over five and a half years, perhaps. And, and we've had four, I always get confused. I always say five, but I think it's four rounds. Um, it's one of those things that you think you'll never forget a detail, but mm. I think it's a self-preservation. You actually forget all of it, I think, or a lot of it. We have taken quite a lot of time compared to a lot of people who tend to kind of, you know, keep going through round after round quite quickly and whereas I've had usually around about 12 months nearly I think between rounds because I've just felt like I've needed that to to regroup to kind of get my head back together to think about what we want to do next and to kind of to get the strength really I think to go through it again I think because we've been having treatment overseas which has been amazing and brilliant and I'm really you know I'm I'm really pleased we did that it does add a real another element of I don't want to say stress but it's not as easy as if we were having treatment here because obviously it involves going to Athens for periods of time um, and then arranging to have scans privately here while we're here and we're quite rural where we live so it's quite takes quite a lot of organization to get there and you know to have scans here and then get to airports to fly to Athens so that side of it's not you know not very easy but I feel on one hand like yes I've given myself time between rounds of treatment but on the other hand, I don't know if I'd say that I'd kind of come to terms with and grieved through those because I tend to just crack on with something and avoid dealing with it too much, I think. Um, but then sometimes I think that's no bad thing to throw your energy into something. I completely agree. And look at what you're creating with your biscuits because I know that the the biscuit business, um, whilst it started being for different scenarios, has become more relevant to the kind of IVF community in the messages that you're you're sharing, uh, the messages of support that you've created from from your experience that people are now kind of ordering. And and I know that you found a real a real support from the people that you now making biscuits for and the stuff that you're sharing online yeah I mean that's actually where it actually really began because it started when we were in one of our two-week waits and I just was at home trying not to do too much and going a bit stir crazy and I had a friend who was going through exactly the same thing as me and didn't live locally and I had seen these really lovely quotes and they were they're still on the website I still sell that set and it said uh, and they say you are brave, you are strong, you are beautiful, you are enough, you are not alone, you are loved. And I stamped them and stuck them on a biscuit and sent them in the post to her. And she asked me to make them for somebody else. And then I probably think I took a picture of them and put them somewhere. And and then that's literally how the business evolved. So it's always been very much about sending biscuits 
to for people to be able to support one another and let one another know that they're loved and they're thought about and they're encouraged if they're having a really difficult time and I guess that's naturally evolved into kind of the fertility world because that's an area that I you know I feel so kind of passionate about and I can really identify with because I know how much it would have meant to me when I was going through it if a little gift had dropped through the letterbox with those sorts of messages on just letting me know we have this conversation a lot I think in this sort of fertility world of how isolating it is and how lonely it is and I know that's definitely changing you know we're all talking more um, and there is a lot more support but it is still a really lonely time um, mm. and I think for me that's one of the biggest things with the biscuits is I just I love the thought that when somebody's having a really hard time or a difficult day, you know, they might just drop through the letterbox and just give them a little bit of a boost and remind them that they are going through it not alone. And that whole idea of support works both ways because I love the fact that it's enabling me to, or that my job enables people to support one another, but at the same time, that really supports me because you know, I've made some amazing friendships through it. I've connected with some really amazing people through it. And I get such gorgeous feedback from people letting me know the impact the biscuits have had on people. And I think, you know, that support both ways is just so vital to anybody going through any kind of a journey. But specifically, I suppose, you know, for me, going through this kind of a journey. Well, it's so specific. And I mean, you've just summed it up totally. And I know that the the way in which you share is still monitored you know there's obviously the brilliant instagram communities and, and and other social media platforms that people are sharing but it's not necessarily the what's and all some people share more than others i mean it is remarkable that the lengths in which people share when they're physically going through their treatments and they're sharing the progress and when it doesn't work and that side of things yet there's still a filter on what people share with social and I think that that giving of a gift it still speaks such volumes um, and like you say it connects and I think it's a, a, a really precious and, and often underrated thing that we can do for one another like you say that I mean most of us just get bills through the post so getting a something special through the post is a real treat. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's that feeling of wanting to reach out to somebody and let them know you're thinking of them but it's not a situation that necessarily is appropriate to send flowers plus flowers are expensive to send through the post and it may be you know you want to send something a bit more thoughtful than a card plus sometimes it's really difficult to know what to write in a card because it's it's always we all know how difficult it is to know what to say you know to anybody we know and love going through something like this so I think just having like some little inspirational quotes just are just the right sort of gift I think to kind of to let somebody know that you're there for them and you talked about that it's helped you um obviously there's the lovely comments that you're getting are there other elements that you feel have helped you has it made you maybe reach out a little bit more than you might have done because we know this is isolating and we know that we do tend to put our head in the sand and you're talking about the limbo period that you're in. And I mean, I know you reached out to me about the kind of embryo conversation. Do you think you would have done that before you were doing this type of work? I've always tried to be relatively open about it because I've always felt that we need to sort of, we need to talk about it more. It's something that so many people go through and I've, I've never been, I'm probably private in, you know, in, in some areas of life, but with this, I've always felt that it's okay to share it. it it's funny, I, I feel that 
it has changed because I'm able to use my, especially with social media and with Instagram, I'm able to use the connections I've got to sort of talk a bit more openly about how it feels and to kind of be a bit more honest and um, and open with it, I think, which has been, which has been really nice. And that's definitely, that's helped me because again, that's, for me, I guess that's an element of me sort of reaching out, you know, when I'm having a rough day, I can kind of reach out to people and, and let people know. And I'm, I hope that in some way, you know, that because I have a lot of people following me who are sort of navigating the same journey, I'd like to think that, you know, I know when I see things like that, it, it makes me feel sort of less alone and, and I hope that it has that impact. And also it's making me feel like there is a reason for what we're going through because it's led to me creating this business, which is helping other people. And for me, it's been very much our whole journey has been, I've needed to make sense of it somehow and understand why it's happened to us because it's just feels so unfair. Um, we're both, you know, super healthy all the way along because we've been diagnosed with unexplained infertility mainly. We've, um, whenever we've had tests, whenever we've had transfers and embryos fertilized, we've all, everything's always been so positive. Um, I had a AMH test recently and my egg reserve is amazing for my age. And, and that's always been really frustrating for me because I've always sort of felt like I'm still, you know, I'm still here. And so for me, the business has kind of given me a creative outlet to make sense of what we've been through, because in a funny kind of way, it feels like this is what I was always meant to do. And I would never be doing it if we hadn't been traveling the journey we're traveling. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's obviously still frustrating and unfair. And I I know on your Insta, you, you share all sorts of the messages. And I know that you've you've shared a picture of a biscuit saying congratulations on your BFP. So personally, how does that make you feel? It's funny because I do kind of, I sort of disconnect somehow with some things. And it's okay because I think things like that, it's... It's that same thing where it's, it does, I do feel it, but at the same time, it's really great news for somebody. I do find that difficult sometimes with my Instagram feed because because I'm not purely fertility based. And a few days ago, actually, I put a post on of some biscuits I did for a um, gender reveal. And then I took it down because I suddenly felt like that's, I don't think I should be sharing that because you know, I have all these followers who are in my situation and how would I feel if I saw that post? And then I spoke to a friend and she said, but everybody knows you, everybody knows what the business is and it isn't just purely that. And and you, you know, you use your social media to share everything you do. And I, I do find that really difficult because I am conscious of not wanting to post anything that's going to trigger for anybody. But at the same time, you know, my business is so, it is broader than, than just fertility so I do find that a constant kind of battle I'm quite good at switching off from myself and it not affecting me but I am really conscious of not wanting to upset or or trigger anybody else so that is really difficult actually I think one thing that is really kind of great about what you do is that you cover these different celebratory life events and I think that ultimately what we try to say for anybody going through this is to try and carry on and live your life and don't put things on hold and so on the one hand what you can see is that yes I completely hear that that could be a trigger um, 
of course. However, on the other hand, there's lovely news like there's the bridesmaid biscuits that you've made, there's the birthday biscuits, there's the cancer-free biscuits. And it's also hopefully reminding people of the other things. You know, life does go on. And I think I think that's a really important thing as well when you're looking at this type of stuff and you're in this community because, of course, it can be quite... Um, like tunnel visions that it's all about this part of you when we all have so much more going on and so don't I suppose underestimate that you're reminding people of these other joyful times with what you're doing. Ah thanks so that's a really nice way of looking at it actually because it is hard to like you say it becomes so all-consuming it's really important isn't it I suppose to kind of to remember everything else. And I, that's a really big focus for me is sort of seeking out the silver linings and always kind of looking for the good stuff and remembering the good stuff that's there. So, yeah, so that's probably a really good way to kind of reframe it, actually, and for me to look at it, definitely. Well, whilst we're talking about the different types of biscuits, because I actually read something about Rio Ferdinand's wife having a bridesmaid reveal party where she was had these like donuts on a wall and you've done these bridesmaid reveal biscuits, which is apparently a new thing. So how did that work? Did like did each one get a box? Yeah, usually they've I've done individual ones. Um and yeah, I don't I don't quite know how it works, but from the pictures people send me, people always send me pictures of them. Usually that they've gone out for dinner, they're just having a lovely dinner and then the bride will kind of get this little box out and um, and hand it over to the girls and then they don't know what they're opening and they'll open it and it'll just say various different messages but either something simple like you know just the name and then will you be my bridesmaid or I can't do it without you that sort of thing so but it I didn't realize it was becoming a thing but I guess that makes sense because it's suddenly become really popular and I'm having lots of orders for them but what a lovely way to ask somebody such an important question if the person wants to be a bridesmaid uh, well, yeah well if they don't you they know. still get a biscuit out of it yeah. like, I say, and I only say that because before I got married my wonderful friends I'd been asked to be a bridesmaid five times and I don't know if you know the rhyme it's like seven times a bridesmaid never a bride I'd been a bride made five times and then two of my best friends got engaged at the same time and both asked me to be their bridesmaid and I was like I can't be I said no and then I met my now husband and then two other friends I don't know why I obviously got a good rep as being a good bridesmaid maybe I was just good at judging the dress two other friends then asked me so I said yes and I caused a complete ruckus with the two that I'd turned down and like was never forgiven but if I'd have been faced with a biscuit and had had to say no I mean I would have been a real cow i think it's a really lovely thing you've created and i love that it has helped you and i think that that's the big thing because we know the insta community is is fab and you know you, you you're building an amazing following they look beautiful you photograph them beautifully so your creativity is like really apparent oh, in all the work thank you, you. it's very simple i don't have people always asking me if i have you know like light boxes and kind of you know room set up for it and i just i i don't i just have an iphone <laughs> And really good light. They don't take so well on on murky days like today, but on a good day. But yeah, it has. It's definitely given me. Um, it's given me a focus. It's massively helped me through some of our hardest times. And I think also, it's just something about working for yourself. You can't just stop. You know, when we have been through some of our worst times, I've still had to get up and work because if somebody's ordered some biscuits, I can't just stay in bed and call in sick you know I'm not I, I can't do that some days I wish I could but actually I think that's been one of the biggest positives of it is that it's just really kept me going and um, and I think it's knowing 
you know, when I'm having a bit of a down day and, and I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and then I get these orders in and I, because I do everything myself. So I'll write the gift note messages myself and I just have to read a couple of messages of what people are saying to each other and the love people are sending to each other, whether it is a happy occasion or a, you know, more of a, um, a difficult situation someone's going through. And that just makes me just feel not better because that sounds, I don't mean I'm getting pleasure from other people's sad times, but it just makes me understand and remember why I'm doing it. And it gives me the biggest boost. And that's kind of, you know, it's, I feel really fortunate to have a business that I really love and that I really think is having hopefully a bit of a positive um, impact on people and, and allowing people to be kind to one another and reach out to one another. So yeah, never underestimate the power of kindness. Of course, the downside is when you decide to go back to Athens, the biscuit line has to come to a halt or you have to, I don't know, pre-make for a period of time. And I suppose that you can hide in a way that maybe there's an element of you hiding in the business before looking at what is going to be the journey out of limbo land. But I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know. I think sometimes, like we were saying a little bit earlier, I do think that there is a risk of not kind of confronting things because, you know, and throwing yourself into projects to distract you. But my husband always says that's how he deals with things. And he's just like, well, the the bad times, the the crap's going to happen. And Mm. you've just, you've got to, you know, if you can find a way to work through it and to keep going, then that's always, you know, that's, I'm not saying you don't sometimes need to just stop and kind of pause and grieve and go through that process. But I think having something to focus on and something to get out of bed for in the morning and something to keep you going and and push you along is is always going to be a good thing. Plus, when we go to Athens, we've got it down pat now. So I only literally fly in one day, have the transfer, fly out the next day. So it's a really short visit. So um, so that I I might be able to squeeze it in between um, my posting days. You never know. I love it. Um, Well, we'll put all the details of Caroline's Gorgeous Biscuits on the show notes. I think I'm right in saying that you only deliver in the UK. Is that right? Uh, No, I do deliver in Europe as well. Ooh, so wherever you're listening, if you are international, you're going to have to come to the UK or Europe. We'll put all the details of how you can get your hands on on Caroline Biscuits. And, And do have a look at her Insta because... I know because we, we sorted out a biscuit for um, a friend of mine. I know the impact that they have firsthand as well. And um, I just think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. She enjoyed it, did she? She enjoyed it and she shared it with her her three, her two IVF babies and her one natural, having been told that they'd never have children as a family. So, um, wow. Yeah, it's always... Oh. Uh, it's always I should have sent a bigger box. <laughs> How often do you eat them? Not very often anymore because I'm them, just... Yeah. yeah. I did. I do do some quality control every now and then. My husband loves it when I get a batch that's slightly overcooked. Like I, every so often I can might forget that I've got a batch in the oven and he loves coming home to, they're never, cruci- you know, they're never um, completely burnt crucified. But he'll if he gets to some that just haven't quite made the grade, that's his best day. Because I used to bake so much for us and I just don't anymore because I'm always baking biscuits. So he doesn't get looked after quite as well as he used to. And is it one flavour biscuit? Yes, I just do vanilla. When I started, I thought about offering all sorts of different flavours. And I thought, well, I'm going to start with vanilla and see how I go. And I've never once, and this is maybe tempting fate, but I've never been asked to make another flavour. So actually, I think, well, keeping it simple, I think, works. So yeah, vanilla, vanilla biscuits. But we do do gluten-free and I do do um, vegan biscuits as well. Excellent. 
Good stuff. Well, make sure you check out the show notes to find out more. Caroline, it's been wonderful. Chatting biscuits for about 40 minutes. What a joy. It's complete edible. Edible inspiration and edible listening. Oh, thanks, Natalie. It's been so good to talk to you. My pleasure. It's been lovely. Take care. Now, Caroline has been very lovely and is giving away a box of 12 biscuits that you can have stamped with whatever you want. And you need to go to my Instagram at fertilitypoddy to enter the competition. And I'm going to be making the draw on Thursday this week for you to get involved. This podcast is going out the week commencing the 24th of June. So if you're listening later, I'm afraid you've missed the competition, but you can still go and buy yourself some biscuits from Caroline and support her. The show notes for this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash biscuits. Why not? Caroline's details will be there. My details will be there. Um, I'll put a link to the Talk Fertility radio show that I mentioned. And if anything that we were talking about in this episode with regards to having treatment abroad, with regards to frozen embryos, obviously I got a bit upset at the start. And if that triggered anything with you, I can only apologise. But I'm here. If you want to email me, natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com. If you want to just um, get in touch via different socials, they are at fertilitypoddy on Twitter and Instagram and the facebook page is the fertility podcast however you prefer to you know do your social thing it'd be nice to hear from you thank you as always for your support and until the next time 